0: Hello, and welcome to the second part of the Rules Info Dump for Sunjammer Podcast. I'm still Luke, and I'm still playing the character Moth. Today, we'll be talking about some of the more crunchy bits of the Fate system, namely actions, combat, and consequences. First, actions. There are four actions, and pretty much everything we do in the game falls under one of these four actions. Overcome is a general action for achieving a goal. It's super vague and our go-to for doing things like finding a hidden target, convincing a guard, or breaking down a door. Next, defend. This is our catch-all for preventing a thing from happening to you. You can also defend other people when it makes sense to do so. You use the defend action to defend yourself from the next two actions. Number three is create an advantage. This is used to create aspects, like what I briefly mentioned in the last short. Players use this skill all the time to alter their environment and save on fate points. If you've been listening to the show, this is Moth's main thing to do in combat. I play a support role by manipulating the environment so that Atticus and Zeta can land big hits by invoking the aspects that I created. It's also my personal favorite thing about the Fate system. You can use this one mechanic to resolve any number of things you want to do. From making a plan, to telling the future, to weakening a building, and even setting a fire. It's incredibly narratively potent and mechanically simple, and I love it for that. And finally, our fourth action, it's attack. Attacking is just that. You attack someone else with the intention of removing them from a scene. Note that many systems, most notably Dungeons & Dragons, use attack in a very specific context, like firing a single arrow or throwing a single punch. Fate is a bit looser, though. Firing one arrow or firing ten arrows could both be handled mechanically as a single attack action, which just allows for greater flexibility in how we describe our characters. For example, Zeta and Moth attack in different ways, Zeta with brute force, Moth with opportunistic shots, but we resolve it using the same mechanics. Roll to attack with the shoot skill. Whenever we roll dice, we're almost always using one of these four actions. To determine if we succeed, we compare the total of our roll plus skills plus stunts to the opposition, and then we get shifts. A shift is just the roll minus the opposition. So if I roll a plus three versus a plus one opposition, I have two shifts of success. If I rolled a minus three, I'd have failed by four shifts. We fail if we roll lower than the opposition. We tie if we roll the same. We succeed if we beat the opposition by one or two shifts, and we succeed with style if we beat it by three or more. These ranges matter for what exactly happens after each action. And finally, we can spend fate points to invoke aspects and either reroll the dice or increase the roll by two shifts. Alright, let's talk combat. Combat is a big demarcating criteria for role-playing systems, because it's the most immediate way a conflict can be resolved. Want to steal something but get caught in the act? Well, if combat's an option, you can resolve that tension with a well-placed right hook. Because of how visible conflict becomes in combat scenes, most RPGs have special rules for combat. Fate is no exception here. But the designers did a good job connecting the turn-based combat to other parts of the gameplay. It's pretty simple, so it doesn't appeal to people who like a more tactical game, but I think it allows us to get out of the world of math, which is a bit more exciting for the show and for the story we want. But before we get into combat, we need to decide when we even need it. It can be fun to go turn by turn, following the action of two groups aiming to achieve different goals, but it's not always necessary to have that kind of granularity. For more minor conflicts, we could run a challenge or a contest. Any conflicts could be handled in 1-5 dice rolls. But Sometimes we want that complexity. Think of the lightsaber duel between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back. Every swing matters and the whole fight is dripping with emotional tension. So if that movie were ran in the fate system and I were playing Luke Skywalker, how would the conflict be resolved? Well, first, we have to establish the setting using combat zones. A zone in Fate is very vague. In general, it's an area you could walk across in a few seconds. So this might be a room in a house, the area behind the bar in a pub, or something else. Each zone is described with an aspect, and it might have more aspects within it or placed upon it. After zones are established, we determine turn order. We usually call it initiative because that's what Dungeons & Dragons calls it, and we're used to that. But here there's no role. We just compare skills. The person with the highest look skill goes first. When it's time to take a turn, a character can do a few things. They could move. Moving inside a zone or to a nearby zone is free, but moving more than two zones takes a whole turn. If movement would be difficult between or within a zone, moving might require using an action to overcome the obstacle. Once positioned, the character might choose to create an advantage, trying to change the environment in their favor, or maybe throw a status on their enemies. If the player rolls high enough to create the aspect, they can invoke it once or twice for free, without spending a fate point. This is probably the most common thing we'll do in combat. Next, a player might try to overcome. This could be getting rid of an opposition that an enemy set up, Maybe the enemy barricades the door and you have to tear that down. Overcome is also used for those long distance moves we talked about earlier. And finally, a character could attack. To do so, they roll the dice and add their attacking stat, usually shoot or fight. The defendant rolls something to dodge or absorb the attack. If the attacker succeeds, the opponent takes a hit with a shift value equal to the difference in the attack and defend rolls, like shifts of the actions discussed above. The defender must absorb these shifts using stress and consequences. So back to Star Wars, if Luke rolled plus five on attack and Vader rolled plus two, Luke succeeded by three shifts. Vader has to absorb these hits or be taken out of the conflict. Luckily, there are a few ways of absorbing shifts of a hit. Stress boxes are boxes representing temporary conflict stamina. You can check one off to reduce the shifts of the hit by the value of the box. So let's say Vader, who's just taken a three shift hit, checks off his three shift stress box. That would lower Luke's hit to zero shifts, and Vader is safe. Stress boxes usually reset after a scene, so they're a great way for us to avoid long-term damage. In our game, we're using stress as an analog for luck or agility. Because plasma weapons are so lethal, even a single hit would likely cause a consequence. So the human characters use stress to dodge hits, but you might hear Zeta use stress to absorb a hit every once in a while. But stress boxes are limited. Most characters don't have more than 3-6 to six shifts worth of stress boxes in total, and you can only check off one per hit. So this means that characters sometimes have to accept more significant consequences, aptly named, well, consequences. These function similarly to stress boxes, you use them to absorb the shifts of a hit, but they're longer lasting. Instead of just checking a box, you write in a new temporary aspect reflecting the nature of the injury. For example, in the final moments of the battle, let's say Vader rolls a plus 6 on his fight roll, the monster. Luke has checked off all his stress boxes and spent all his fate points, so he's forced to write in lost hand in his 6 shift consequence slot. Characters must recover from consequences in the narrative of the game. A severe consequence takes an entire adventure to heal like how Luke spends time between movies recovering. If the Defender can't absorb the ships of the hit, they're taken out. This could mean they're killed, captured, knocked unconscious, humiliated, or really anything else. The important thing is they're out of the scene and they don't get to decide how that happens. But instead of being taken out, characters can always choose to concede. If they do this, they're still out of the scene and they still lost the conflict, but they have more say over what happens to them next. Back to Star Wars, having taken enough consequences and lost a hand, Luke chooses to drop from the platform into the ventilation systems under the city rather than be captured by Vader. He's lost, but it could have been worse. And because he took two consequences, one from the hand and one from the emotional blow, he gets two fate points. And that's pretty much it. In these shorts, I think I covered everything you need to know to follow along with the show. We're still learning the system too, so there might be moments of confusion. And we won't always go by the rules. That's never really been our style anyway. I'll see you aboard. Thanks for listening.